Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Happy New Year. I'm going to talk about the new year. I'm going to talk about a lot about the new year. So today I'm going to share with you 10 things that I feel like are important to think about for this new year. But I want to talk about this concept of January 1st being this like magical moment. And I don't mean to poop on uh, anybody's uh, commitments when they've said, okay, yep, January 1st here, I'm doing it. And you've started to do something bravo, more power to you. But if, if really January 1st was all that it was cracked up to be like, and it had this really amazing meaning, wouldn't you think more people would stick to and accomplish their goals? I mean, that date supposedly means starting with a clean slate, right? And in the past, in all honesty, I have been one of those believers that, okay, when January 1st comes, I'm going to do X or Y or Z. But as the years passed, and I learned more about how change really happens and why and when it happens, January 1st to me isn't really a standout day. Why? Because here's what I've learned. What I've learned is that every day and in every moment, any of us can choose to begin again. I can't imagine that there is one single person on earth who has lived through this pandemic who wouldn't want a universal clean slate date. Like to be able to say, ah, January 1st, pressing a button, all clean, everything's a go. I, I pretty much could bank on the fact that uh, everybody would want a clean slate around uh, health and financial security. I think everybody would be pressing those buttons. Um, and 2020 really, like I talked about last week, it's really been nothing short of a hot mess for all of us. And that's putting it uh, very mildly. Every part of who we are as human beings, as a human race, as souls has been challenged, tested, and really tortured. None of us has been able to escape some level of impact of the last nine months of 2020. Yet here we are, looking to the month of January, January 1st, with hope and optimism, at least some degree of it, and praying that as we shift into this new year, that there will be some sort of rescue from the universal experience of peril and hardship. Isn't that what we're supposed to do as we look towards a new year? As I've aged, I find that certain holidays really don't carry as much weight as they used to when I was younger or in different times in my life. Each of those days that are earmarked kind of collectively um, as more outstanding uh, days than 
others before them uh, or after them really aren't any more remarkable than any other day. If you really think about it. And as you get older, uh, those kind of special days seem seem to uh, have less pronounced meaning. And like Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and whatever other days there are that are marked for intentional observance. You know, these kind of things that I just mentioned, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, has been so commercialized that the significance of them has almost entirely been eradicated. Like we forget why we observe these times of the year. Yet most of us fall into the trap of believing that certain days of the year are more special than others. Maybe they are, but the dates themselves aren't special right? We attribute, attribute those dates to mean, uh, to us at various stages of our lives, something special all of a sudden, like Christmas comes and, Ooh, it's Christmas, but here's the real thing. Or Ooh, is Valentine's day or Ooh, is Thanksgiving or Ooh, is Hanukkah. Ooh, spring break, right? Here's the thing. And I think most of y'all would agree it's not about the day. It's about what what we are looking to gain from that day. It really comes down the real reason why we consider these days more significant than others. It's because we get to connect with others. That's really all it comes down to is our the possibility and the opportunity to connect. Doesn't that make sense? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that almost all of us have had our faith tested in one way or another this year. We have been forced to take a hard and strong look at and a review of our lives to assess the quality of our existence. Quarantine and isolation has made sure that we don't have the option to look away and turn the other cheek at all of our tolerances or intolerances. Yet here we are, first week of January 2021, and as a collective, we're hoping and praying that things will somehow be different, better this year. I sure hope so too. Most of us know that we have little to do with what changes on the outside of us. And that real permanent change only happens when something on the inside of us has shifted. Life is uh, an endless cycle of beginnings and endings. Many of those endings aren't of our choosing, nor are they endings that we want. But somehow, those unrequested changes turn out to be very necessary for our growth. And while painful, brutally painful, They push us farther along the path of change than any other positive experience could ever do. Law of polarity dictates that everything has an opposite. Think about it. To know certainty, you must experience uncertainty. To know comfort, we must experience discomfort. To have appreciation, we must experience loss. To have desire, 
we must have unmet needs. To experience growth, we must have pain. We have as a collective experienced the proverbial shaking of our life's snow globe, and the pieces are still falling into place, aren't they? For all of us. How has this year impacted you? What did you notice about others and yourself? What demons did you face? What ended? What began? What new ideas showed up for you? What new possibilities? What next steps did you take that you never imagined you would take to improve your life? What challenges did you experience that pushed you to grow? What have you gained from what you had lost? Who are you now? And who do you want to become in this coming year, in 2021? The title of today's podcast was originally, It's Time to Begin Again. But as I was drafting my thoughts, it turned out to be that I came up with a list of 10 things um, that I wanted you to think about that could help you navigate the year, year ahead with more conviction, determination, and strength, with more clarity and awareness. So without further ado, I'm going to tell you all these 10 things that I think might be real helpful to you. And I hope that one or all of these things resonates, and I hope it can help you to kind of recalibrate how you show up for yourself and others this year this new year. Number one, the old must be released so that the new can enter. This is the way of the universe and everything is designed down to the smallest detail to be in perfect operation. Please don't fear what happens to be change or loss is actually part of the bigger divine plan. Loss is a tricky topic to safely navigate through, I know, so Two is learning to release what no longer serves you. It's really tough. It is really tough to let go of who and what you don't want to let go of. The changes that we've all experienced have been a tug of war. Some of us made choices to reconfigure our lives, while others were cornered by unexpected grief and loss, forced to let go of those close to them, and of safety, and of shelter, and of resources, and of certainty. We've all had to pivot and dream differently, and live differently. And while the way in which we have arrived at this point has been a true shit show, you and I are faced with a fork in the road. Keep things the same, or change with the relationships we thought would last. Jobs that we thought would stick around and be reliable, that we invested ourselves into for years. We've all had to let go of homes we built memories in, opportunities that we thought would be in place. We'll always be in this ending and beginning cycle, and the best way to find the most peace possible is to more quickly accept that what we perceive as loss may actually be creating space for something bigger and better than we could possibly imagine. 
Mourning loved ones lasts forever. I know. Yet, when we think of what we've lost, and if it all had a voice, the loss, the grief, this is, I think, what it would tell us. It would say, go live your life to the fullest. It's time. Move on. Hey, let go of what was was and wait to see what comes, my friend. The universe delivers some of the most amazing things to us when we loosen our grip on the way we think things should be. Open up. Let go and be open to what new things want to enter your life. Number two, recalibrate your boundaries and don't back down from what you truly believe is right for you. I learned this lesson quite profoundly this year in many ways, not only with myself, but in relation to others in my life. And in many ways, my boundaries were tested to see if I really wanted what I said I wanted and in the ways in which I wanted those things in all parts of my life. I had to be pushed to a point where I could either settle or take a leap of faith and choose myself first. Time has a wonderful way of allowing the pieces of life to nestle into where they need to be when we create space for something new. It is important that you love yourself enough to say, I choose me. And sometimes choosing yourself can mean saying no to others and yes to you. And saying no may mean that you let go of something or someone that you wanted. And saying yes may mean the same thing too. It's okay to want different things than others. It doesn't make you or anybody else bad. It just means you're different. And sometimes those differences are too vast to fix. If there's one thing I've learned in my life is that it's imperative that I stand up for what I believe is right. What's right for me. Be an advocate for what's right for others and what's right for the greater good. Whether that means advocating for someone or something that is being mistreated or advocating for myself, even if that means standing on the ledge alone in my convictions. Some people might not like your boundaries. And guess what? That's fine. What matters is that you find peace when you enforce them, even when it's tough. Life has a way of filtering those unnecessary people and things out of your life at just the right divine time once you decide to honor yourself first. Right? Stick to your guns, not because you need to be right or because pride or ego makes you hold on to something that just to win, but stick to your guns because what you stick up for has value in real meaning to you in the deepest part of who you are. Number three, practice unconditional love with yourself. Okay, don't turn off the podcast just yet. I know this sounds hokey. And those of you that reject it, y'all are the ones that need to hear this the most. So keep this playing. For most, this is really an uncomfortable thing to do. And those of you like, I don't want to practice unconditional love for myself. I love myself. Well, maybe you don't do it enough. So hold your horses here. 
when you love yourself unconditionally, you're going to understand why it is such a key component to living a high quality life. It can be hard to do when you screw up, when you hurt somebody, when you fail. We all make mistakes and we all are humans who are significantly flawed. We aren't supposed to know what mistakes we're going to make until we make them. And we aren't responsible for how others choose to feel when we make mistakes. However, we are responsible for what we do and how we respond to situations and others. If your intention with every decision you make, as you practice unconditional love for yourself, is positive and without malice, there is really nothing that would prevent you from loving yourself unconditionally. Focus your thoughts only on good things and the things that you can find in yourself uh, and others that are good. Rise above the negative thinking that you might fall into because when you start criticizing yourself, you're going to project that shit all over everybody else and you're going to start calling in experiences that will reinforce these uh, ridiculous beliefs that you have about your incompetence, your inabilities, and your inadequacies. So don't do that. Work on loving those parts of yourself that you want to deny or forget about because those parts are really the parts to help you understand you. So you don't have to spend your entire life explaining yourself to others. You're just simply living your truth. And people will get it or they won't. This is the most powerful way you can practice unconditional love for yourself. Live and living in the highest and truest expression of who you truly are. Number four, become more independent and learn to be comfortable with yourself. This is the foundation of your strength and success. And I wish more young people were taught about this. I really do. And I don't mean throw them out. You parents who feel like, oh, they're 18, time to kick them out. Maybe that's the case. But up until then, have you prepared them to have this balance in life, to be independent, self-sufficient, but kind and good human beings? Even though you may ask others for advice, know that you really are the only one who knows what's best for you. So learn yourself. Learn to make decisions with your own heart and mind. Watch out for ego driving your decisions because you're always going to be misled by ego or pride or desperation. Your gut instinct is always right and it is always your best advocate. So please do not deny your gut instinct. Each one of us has trusted our gut instinct millions of times before this moment. Instinct exists without thought. Independence exists when we don't uh, need permission from other people. But we give permission to ourselves. Gut instinct and independence feels much, much of the same, in my opinion, neutral and clean. When you learn to make your own decisions, when you learn to stand your ground, and you learn to value all aspects of yourself, even in the face of disapproval from others, even in the face of knowing that should you choose independence, you might be standing alone for a while. That's when you break through and that's when you create a space for your growth. 
Your freedom and independence are top priorities right now, my friend. So ensure that those characteristics are nurtured. Give yourself permission to play too. Those of you who are fiercely independent, y'all got to look at that. So if you're, if you're somebody who is severely independent, I have to tell you, uh, that is a trauma response. It's not healthy. Neither is codependency. That's kind of like on the other end of the spectrum. Um, but if you have a, a balance where, in, you know, you can do whatever you need to do for yourself, but you, be, you allow other people into your life and you're able to form close bonds, that's the sweet spot. Lay your burdens down and take time to breathe. Those of you who are fiercely independent, like I said, take some downtime. Nurture these parts of you, both of them, the independent part and the childlike part of you that wants connection and love and wants to come out and play. We all need to do more balancing with these two parts. So take a look at your life and try to create that balance. Number five. Have clear goals and focused intentions. This is huge, huge, huge part. What do you want to accomplish within the next three, 365 days? Did you know that when you write things down, they have a higher likelihood of being realized than if you just keep thinking about things and doing nothing? Get out of your head and write those things down. Make a vision board of what you want your life to look like. And as always, when you pray, don't limit the universe about the quantity of your dreams. Always add this or something better, or this or something more, when you ask for something. This leaves the amount open to the universe to deliver more than you could possibly imagine. So write down your goals, even if you think they're lofty or crazy. When you think about the kinds of things that have been developed since the world began in your lifetime and in your lifetime, None of that would have been possible had someone not taken a chance to make it happen. Where everybody around them thought they were nuts. To get really clear about how you're going to achieve your goals, begin with the end in mind. Start at day 365 or start at the, the, the top of the goal. And remember that when you intend to do something, don't state quantity. Keep an open space for more by saying this or something more or this or something better when you want to qualify a goal. For example, I'm working on my second book. My original intention for my goal was, quote, to finish writing my, my second book and have it published by a, a fantastic publisher by the end of 2021. But I realized that that was a limiting goal. So now what I say is, I want to finish writing my second book and get it published by a, an amazing publishing company on or before December 31st, 2021. Goals give us markers to reach. And when you just go through life without intentionally setting goals, you will feel uncertain and undirected, just like you're coasting. So focus on what you want to create, and it will come to be at the exact right time. So will the people and the resources and opportunities. Number six, honor the cycles and rhythms of your body, your energy, and your emotions. Pay attention to yourself all of the time. Stay present and notice how your body responds to certain people and events. If you haven't cultivated this practice, you really need to. 
for it will be your best gauge that tells you how you're doing at any given moment. It really does do that. There are times when you feel more energized than others and other times when you feel like curling up on the sofa and hibernating. Don't deny either of these. Follow the internal cues, even if others don't agree or understand why you need to do things the way you do them. Take better care of your body. Listen to what it needs. And seek out ways and resources that can help you do what you need to keep your body and mind in tip-top shape. Go with the flow and life becomes a lot easier. What you feed your mind, you feed your body. Just remember that. So if you're watching news and all you're doing is feeling panicked and, and worried, stop listening to it. Shut it off. Because your body's going to absorb that shit. And pretty soon, sooner than you think, you're going to start getting sick. So feed your mind, feed your body. Healthy stuff happy stuff. Number seven, this kind of piggybacks on number six, detox often. Okay. This is not just from substances, but from news, from people and places that drain you of your life energy. Become aware of how your thinking clogs up your energy levels and clean your mental house of clutter, just like you would delete the countless number of emails in your inbox, or you'd wash your dishes clean the muck off. The words and thoughts you have really are your mental diet and they determine how healthy your internal chatter is. If you're a negative Nelly, then don't be shocked when your health starts to decline or you lose your friends or things become stagnant in your life. Thoughts are things. That isn't a hokey statement. It is true. Our bodies are sacred and are highly impacted by what we think and feel and what we talk about. So take care of your sacred vessel by having clean and positive thoughts and beliefs and take a break from the alcohol, processed food, unhealthy eating. Follow the nudges uh, to make the needed change in your lifestyle. Reduce sugar intake. Stop smoking. Get some exercise. Learn something new. Keep your thoughts and speech positive. Eat organic or become a vegetarian. Whatever way you can get rid of those things that clog up your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body, your financial body, clear it so that you are functioning optimally. Detox often. Number eight, stop trying to force things to happen. Okay, y'all, I will say I need help most with this one. That and patience is really hard sometimes. I know uh, you know about this intellectually, but um, have you actually tried to put this into action? Stopping, stop trying to force things to happen. Who doesn't want to control outcomes in their lives? I, I certainly do. And like I said, waiting for me is pretty hard when I want something particular to happen. It's hard to wait, and it's especially hard to wait for somebody else or on spirit to give me what I want, right? I wonder if it's hard for you too. But as with anything, uh, when push comes to shove, you end up pushing and shoving things away rather than being in a state of openness and welcoming. There are only five things that you have control over. I want you to listen to this. So when you keep trying to orchestrate or micromanage everybody and everything, 
you're really like playing a kind of pretty stupid game because you can't. Your anxiety, just understand your anxiety is pushing you to micromanage everything outside of you because you can't manage yourself. You can't manage your emotions. That's why everything always comes back to you. So here is what you actually can manage. Right? Here it is. Five things. That's it. What you think. How you choose to feel. What you choose to believe. What you ingest and what you expel. That's it. You may be able to influence something, but you can't control it. So quit trying. That's it. No more, no nothing, no, no less than those five things. So take it easy and take notice of what's going on while you're in the waiting room, while you have just put a pause on controlling. It's actually quite interesting there, that hallway. Number nine, ask for help and, and help others. Clearly one thing 2020 has shown us all uh, is that when times are tough, we need to step up and help those in need as well as ask for help ourselves. It's not weak to ask for help or to delegate to others when you can't do everything on your own. Life can be overwhelming when we try to help handle everything singularly. And let me tell y'all, martyrdom never pays off because inevitably you will begin to resent those who you are sacrificing for and who you are trying to please. And people love to give help. Think about all the times that you needed help and uh, that, that you helped somebody and how good it felt. Either when they asked you or you just kind of volunteered. It feels so good. We, are, we live in a world filled with people who have all kinds of skill sets and knowledge. And trust me, if there's something that you want to do or accomplish, there's somebody out there who's done it. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? It can make it easier on you. Or there's somebody that can help you do whatever it is that you want to do. And trust me, there are so many people who need you, who need what you have. So go give of yourself. I love asking people for help. It takes the burden off me to have to figure everything out. And I can give others the opportunity to use their expertise um, with me. Uh, and when you commit to being of service, you're fulfilling your life's purpose, period, end of story. Now, here's the last one. This is very, very special. So I want you to listen. Believe that the best is yet to come. Understand you may be experiencing rough times right now. I get it. But in a world like ours, it can feel next impossible to stay positive, but I want you to. Life has been unbearably hard, restrictive, challenging, lonely, grief-stricken, and most of all, unplanned for. No one was prepared for what happened in 2020. Yet, here we are, beginning a new year. And as I said at the top of today's show, if you're like most and believe that January 1st has a special significance to you, then you must have some inner knowing that the bad things end and better things begin. We are in the moments of change, of rebuilding, of redesigning our lives to move forward in these unprecedented times. Even in the midst of the worst times in my life, one thing I've always known, even if I didn't exactly have faith in it because I may have been sad or hurt, but I always knew it, 
is that time really does have a way of healing and decreasing the inflammation that happens after we become wounded from life. Something somewhere happens unexpectedly that seems to partner with tough times. Like somehow it, it's pain somehow changes and we aren't so sad anymore. And then something starts to happen, something new. Maybe it's a renewed sense of commitment to yourself or your relationships. Maybe from loss, you have made deeper and stronger commitments to show up more fully, more truthfully, and more fearlessly than you ever have. Maybe you've come to realize how precious life is, and you have arranged your life to reflect altered priorities. Whatever situation that you're in, there's always someone to help you. There's always a brighter and better version of it than you could possibly know, even if you're in the habit of thinking that there isn't. So please take a leap of faith and be open to something better. Time will take care of showing it to you. All you need to do is remain open and follow the inner nudges and things will unfold. I hope today has helped you maybe kind of craft an idea of how you'd like to move forward in 2021. And I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and as always, live intuitively and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.